started in a minute. Joseph, my man, what's up? I have asked you to join as co-host. Hey, no audio from you. Tara, you are invited too, and we've got Moon here before the space even starts. Hey, I see you. I hear you. Let me uh, set this shit live on YouTube, and then we'll rock. All right. I've hard stopped today. Yeah? When at? Uh, about... 11.45. All right. Well, we better get cracking then. We're on YouTube here for Thirsty Thursdays and also on Spaces in what's probably a technical first. Yeah. Hey, yes. What's up? Here are you. And we're live on Okay. So apparently now you can join Twitter Spaces and talk from desktop. I was not aware that they That's released correct. that. Update. Yeah. Wow. You can't host. How do you uh, think we got this whole thing going, Joseph? It's um. Oh, it's because of the desktop. I did not know that. Okay, yes, yeah. last time I joined from the phone like an absolute scrub. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that's how we're on YouTube and Spaces at the same time. Oh, this is meta as fuck. Okay, we'll see. I didn't even <laughs> understand how you guys did it. I just accept that you're both capable of magic. Capable of magic? Yeah, it takes a few tries. This magic today is powered by Tia Maria. I'm drinking Tia Maria. Uh, I'm over in Portugal. It's kind of like a Spanish Kahlua, so it's pretty disgusting to be drinking it right now. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's fine. I might add something to it later. Uh, what are you guys drinking? Oh, yeah, straight up. Yeah. Drink, tiny, I'm drinking a nice sips. little Americano. I'm drinking my morning Americano here because, you know, it's 9.51 a.m. over here. Just starting out the day. I'm not uh, Next week, I'll actually get drunk for Thursday. Yeah, I hear you got something important coming up. Yep. I uh, would rather not disclose. All right. Oh, but- man. This is where we disclose, though, especially with so few listeners, man. Uh, one, to be exact. Disclose to the internet. <laughs> disclose. I'm sure that Robert Gould is going to be okay with whatever you disclose. Robert Goulet, or uh, however you oh, pronounce that. Gould. Welcome oh, to the Goulet. space. Yeah, got piano on your mind. Um, uh, welcome to space. Uh, we're going to talk about all about that bass. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. That's, such a, that's bass? such a millennial core. That's such a millennial all core joke. Bass. Oh boy! Oh. I, you know, I've had a I've had a thesis for a while that Coinbase. If you uh, look at like the the stock price of Coinbase and then the ETF, and uh, you know, we talked a little bit about ETF last week, but. I think that the my thesis here is that Coinbase and like the on the equity side has gone so high mm-hmm. that it's like where is that liquidity going to flow to? And you know we had a on-chain summer last year, which I think that was when Base first spun up, and there was like some hype around it, um, new projects, and you know pretty much like I think when new L2 spin up, you you get kind of like the clone of the the core 
derivatives on on every platform. But yeah, um, Base I think has an interesting position because they you know they've got so many users captured in the American market. Um, you know they've got I would think tight ties with with regulators and whatnot, and so it's an interesting step into sort of like the off chain model. Um, getting back to their cyberpunk roots, maybe, but or cypherpunk roots. But um, I think that there's there's going to be some liquidity that flows in from Coinbase itself. You know, anything that they put their efforts behind, I think they can push a lot of users into with their interfaces. And um, we, we've got some interesting things happening on Farcaster as well, which I believe is... I, Farcaster is built like on the optimism stack, but so is base or something. Mm -hmm. What's, mm -hmm. I don't even understand how that works. Can someone yeah. explain that the dummy in the yeah. room? Yes. Okay. So from a technical architecture perspective, it is um, base chain is an optimism based rollup. Um, they're using the optimism stack essentially. Um, and so with that just all into all, all intended purposes is like optimism's infrastructure enables like any sort of entity to spin up their own um, sequencer so that they can have their own block space, control it. They can basically deploy their own like immutable smart contracts on top of it. They just get to have their own, I guess, sovereign L2. Um, so right now, base is a it's like a highly centralized ch chain. I mean, it's no different than Optimism because Optimism also kind of runs like OP's main chain also operates on a similar um, infrastructure. But at end of the day, that sequencer is being used by Coinbase and is being operated and ran by Coinbase. It's not a decentralized sequencer set. And the sequencer is what's actually publishing transactions from the L2 block, block space to the actual underlying L1. Um, and so, yeah, right now that sequencer, I, there was some, there was some like crazy data from like that first week of when like base chain launched where they were making like obscene amount of fees. Like there was like, I think like the first month they made like more than like 2 million just alone on fees, just from people just like transacting on the actual base chain. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's an incredible business model for them. Um, if you're a crypto native who believes in the ideals of decentralized infrastructure and reducing like. Uh, counterparty or counterparty risk and also reducing like risk assumptions because you are you are kind of trusting base for, for running that sequencer optimally um it's it's a really good business model for base they're 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 i, I think it's interesting because i you commented on like the stock price earlier um i actually still think it is a highly undervalued stock um i think that a lot of people in traditional markets don't know how to value the market penetration that coinbase has and you're right they have this huge opportunity to graph their existing user base into base chain. And we really haven't seen them activate that lever yet. Um, they haven't really started doing like onboarding incentives. They haven't started directing things to their base chain. And I think largely because of the fact that they are still waiting for regulatory clarity on like, is their L2 going to be considered like tied to a security? Like is OP the token a security and et cetera, et cetera. So. I just think there's a lot of like nuance there. I mean, yeah, for yeah, sure. But like, I got totally rugged by uh, bald. Whenever base first launched, there was a meme coin called bald. Yeah, and I, think I lost like I lost like one ETH on it. So, RIP my stack. But now we're now we're on to the next meme coin that uh, a little birdie in this oh, chat yeah. told me about. Yeah, little birdie, um, which is called Moki. Mo is it Mochi or Moki? Oh, it's definitely I, Mochi. You know, the, I bet it's Mochi. Yeah, you know the the dessert. Please tell me you've had Mochi before. Yeah, I have you a, had Mochi? It's like it's like dough. It's like ice cream with like yeah. dough. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so it's, good. It's I the name mochi. of it's the name of Brian Armstrong's cat. 
That's so cute. Uh-huh. So anyway, yeah, I posted bullish token. Everyone, everyone has gone nuts about this recently. Well, those who know, which isn't actually that many people, um, because Coinbase replied to uh, Harrow over from Anada. Like uh, Harrow was referring to Mochi, talking about cute cat meme coins, and Coinbase replied especially. And this goes back to the regulatory thing you're talking about, Joseph. Like, yeah, Coinbase has been careful in some ways, but in other ways, they're just not. Like, I guess they figured if the SEC is trying to say that everything's a security, well, then we're just going to list everything (laughs) Uh, because they've got, you know, they they listed Aerodrome, uh, this tiny DEX coin on base, uh, and they've been starting to launch base uh, assets on the exchange. And while there probably isn't going to be a base token, um, there might be airdrops to to users in other ways, right, from other projects. There probably isn't going to be a base token like there is an OP and an, an ARB and stuff like that. Um, but they do seem to be starting to push, uh, you know, push base projects as listed coins on the Coinbase platform. Yeah, and I think we've seen like a somewhat of a rotation. Like, I mean, from my perspective, I don't think we're in like peak bull cycle yet. I, I think a lot of people would agree with that. And we've seen a rotation of assets go into like Solana, for example. Uh, some of the other layer twos, I, I think like AVAX had like a, a short lived season there um, that Crypto Capo said he was getting in on and then everything crashed. Um, the Arbitrum airdrop came out, I think, around this time last year. Um, so we've seen like some some growth in that ecosystem as well. And then, you know, you've got your Cosmos chains that have pumped um, uh, Celestia, uh, say, even uh, osmosis at times. I exactly. think Astroport has has gained a bunch of uh, volume, um, but we haven't seen the the base pump yet. And I'm wondering like w- how it's going to happen. Even if it's just a narrative, even if it's narrative driven, or you know if like some whale, some Coinbase whale does pump a ton of liquidity into the ecosystem, I think it will. I think it. You know, there's a lot of low market cap tools in the base ecosystem right now. Like Pete, you mentioned Aerodrome. I think there's another one. Um, it's the leading decks on base, but it only has, I think the market cap is only, I don't know, it's between like 10 and 20 million. So Interesting. it's pretty small. But, but it makes me wonder then, why, why aren't, haven't those things pumped yet? Maybe the base, you know, they've got a team of engineers that could be working on like spin outs that are quote unquote, like the, the canon, um, tools and dexes and whatever to use on base the thing about mochi that i think is interesting is they actually received a grant uh now this is according to their own medium i've been looking around and trying to search if like yeah, they, have a, they have like a ton it. of verification like unless they unless they faked like multiple emails application forms confirmations contracts and stuff i don't know if you saw that but they posted like five different verification points it was quite detailed and maybe it's maybe that's just elaborate but then i feel like it would elicit a response you're talking about grant uh, i'm talking about uh i'll find it for you yeah i mean i don't think that it's uh, like a scam um they are verified at least to their own like i I mean if you look around it, it looks legit but I, I just didn't see any official word from Coinbase, but also I was looking on my phone, like half paying attention, trying to watch a two-year-old at the same time. So I didn't do like a deep dive into it. But the fact that they have claimed that publicly and then the, I think it was the official Coinbase account you have yes. up on uh, the pinned tweet. So 
they're talking about how the cute cat is going to pump and, you know, Mochi is named after Brian Armstrong's cat. Uh, oh, also another thing about it that's interesting is the artist is the same artist that did Pudgy Penguins. Oh, no way. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Is anybody artist. else? I mean, Pudgy has been, <laughs> yeah, you guys saw the, was it Dimension? Airdrops, the yeah, of yeah, bad kids and pudgy holders. Everybody, I know, and I don't hold either of those, sadly. Yeah, uh, but everybody Deep. got like 100k of of dime or dimension drop. Yeah, there's also um, wormhole. Wormhole is also including specific NFT sets. They're including D gods, pudgies, bad uh, lads, and bad kids onto the wormhole airdrop. Wow. Yeah, and I wonder how did how R.I.P. Moonbirds. Because I saw some people complaining about the, like the ability to Sybil attack it, where you could basically stake one Tia in a hundred different accounts. Not a concept that I've ever considered doing or making easier for people to do. But um, I do wonder if the dynamics of, um, and I saw like someone talking about this. Maybe it was Ansem. He was talking about how it might change the dynamics of airdrops. How they're starting to go from like, hey, instead of doing a, a drop to everyone that's staking like one asset or one token and they're they're doing like a Sybil attack basically um dropping to nft communities is interesting because you know that there's like a certain threshold of buy-in because uh-huh. you know especially if the floor price is like half an ether or whatever um and then you know that like those people are real and out there and you know they've got their PSDs and they're posting behind them and blah 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 so i think it's something that um we'll probably see a lot more of is NFT airdrops to NFT communities, which I, I mean, I think last week I spent like five minutes shitting on PFP NFTs, um, but, but that's an interesting, Hey, things change, things change quick in this industry. So, you know, if you're in it for the, for the money, uh, that could be an interesting, you know, bonus to being in those communities. Yeah. I, I think, I think we will see a lot more um, going to NFTs. I think you're right. I think like that's, I think that kind of ties into the element that's happening with Farcaster a little bit. Um, I think projects are starving for legitimate and quality engagement with their products. Um, And I think that that's like kind of the basis of a lot of these like on-chain experiments that a lot of these like small teams are starting to target. Farcaster, I view Farcaster's kind of thesis rather similar to kind of like what, like what these projects are trying to do with these NFTs, like airdrops NFTs. So they care about the users that they're engaging with their things, but they want to try to find some form of quality for who is engaging with them, either albeit be on chain or be with it just on social media. I think that a lot of this has just been kind of like an issue of identifying like who's a good who's a good community participant, because at the end of the day, all of these platforms, what they're trying to do, no matter. I mean, I guess not all of them. Some of them are just like flat out grist. Um, but the, the quality ones, they're trying to build out networks. And in order to build out networks, you need to have key participants in there. YouTube would have never seen the success that it had if it didn't have its core, like original creator group, like the Freds, um, the uh, just Shane Dawson's, uh, even like some, uh, some smaller ones that I used to watch back in the day. A lot of these networks depend on those people to not only create for incentivization or engage for incentivization purposes, but also to just like stick around and become participants in the network. Um, and I think that, that that need is just inherent. And we see that play out on Twitter like quite often. There's always those main characters who kind of just drive these ecosystems forward. Yeah, well, so, uh, so what NFTs do you hold, Joseph? 
<laughs> what, what, well, let me, let me rephrase that, right? Yeah. Like, it, it, let's just do a thought experiment. Let's say that we're looking at the world right now with uh, the ecosystems that are growing and stabilizing and maybe on the way out. Uh, and someone was wanting to try to get into this new NFT membership model. What, what, uh, no, not endorsing buys or anything. Yeah. But like, what NFTs do you think are likely to be picked? Like, some are on their way out. I, I don't know how much. Uh, like I said, RIP Moonbirds, right? But like, I don't know yeah. how much board apes will get tapped anymore. Um, yeah, it's interesting. There's an incumbent circle, you know? There's like yeah, that incumbents exactly. coming out and then there's like the new circle. Um, honestly, I think it just comes down to identifying communities. Um, and even then, like, I, I would say that if, you, if you're looking at NFT projects, it's like looking for that community, that core rally or at least like that core identity and are is there like genuine activity are people hanging out in the discord are people talking on twitter are people wearing it around as a pfp to represent some sort of like social um representation and i say that but also just like from an investment perspective that that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to pan out from an investment perspective uh or will it always be the leading indicator for a project to have success uh, because like right now, if you look at ordinals, for example, last week we were talking about this. Um, there's huge friction rub to getting to L2s uh, or using like Bitcoin L2s and then buying like NFTs on the on the Bitcoin chain. But if you really look at these like NFTs, man, like I'm like I'm just getting very early like punk vibes from these from these like NFTs on ordinals on like the Bitcoin L2s. And also just like kind of speculating if you think that a lot of these projects are going to start airdropping. Uh, to token holders of like NFT projects of like the core community ones. Well, if if you think that there's going to be more L2 activity on Bitcoin to drive better fees to the actual underlying blockchain, which is like an inherent like systemic doom need that Bitcoin needs. Well, then my question then becomes like, are you if, if you hold an ordinal, if you hold one of the blue chip ordinals, then will you also be exposed to airdrops from other L2 projects that are launching on the Bitcoin uh, L2 area? So I guess for me, I, I, like, I do think that like some of these incumbents are needing to like pivot and refresh in their models, but it really just depends on what their goals are. Because like for pudgies, it's a very different kind of mindset. They're trying to build like a Disney on chain. And Luca Nets has been like, he, I mean, at the end of the day, Luca Nets saw pudgy penguins as an IP investment, like an equity, private equity investment for him. Because he saw this like Web3 native brand already had a little bit of adoption, already had a little bit of community. And it had cute penguin art. And so he was like, all right, I'm going to bet my house on money. And like some of the money he made was a little dubious. Some people kind of link it to some rugs and stuff like that. But regardless, like he put the money where it, like, he put his money where his mouth was, bought the IP of, of like pudgy penguins. Now he's gotten like those damn penguins into Walmarts across the country. He's mm-hmm. building out this like digital game that reminds people of Club Penguin. I grew up on, on, on like a, on a chat based game called Club Penguin. I loved Club Penguin. I even have like the plushy character like collection in my parents' like attic, um, and so you're it's the, just you're the target market, Joseph. Yeah, target market, bro. It's just, it's just, it makes sense. It just makes sense for me because, like, growing up, I was like, I my a lot of my social skills as a kid kind of grew on the internet, which is sometimes it doesn't pan out for a lot of kids. <laughs> they kind of struggle <laughs> with public speaking, or they go out and like try to build business relationships. It doesn't end up like at net positive, if you build up like a social activity or a social network on the internet. But that's something I did. I made a lot of my core friends to this day on Xbox Live 
on these like called penguin games. I still chat with them. And, and so just like my life, just as a, as like a cusper of being a millennial and Gen Zer has been an increasingly digital life. Um, I just think that these NFTs are an expression of that and it lets you have ownership or at least feel a little bit more intrinsically tied to it because you have that self-sovereignty of that underlying asset. So I guess like to me, it's feeling that community component to it, but also understanding what the underlying objectives of these like projects are. That's very important and crucial. Um, and it's each, each one's going to be a case by case analysis. You mentioned uh, Farcaster early on in that diatribe there. And I wanted to mention that I think Farcaster itself has achieved like a very active community. Um, I got, I heard a forecast, Farcaster, Farcaster, Farcaster like a year ago, uh, but it was like a closed sort of beta. And then I got Warpcast maybe three or four months ago. And I've only ever used it once, but it's kind of like a Twitter esque thing. It is interesting though because I'll I'll browse the timeline sometimes and see like um, it, it, the conversation is much more like there's there's a lot less bullshit on the platform. Um, there's no ads. There's no like a lot of the the conversations are. It's almost like you're looking into chats like DMs between founders and people talking about problems. And I think I saw a tweet today from someone that was like. Farcaster is like a mullet. It's Web two up front and crypto in the back, and it it did seem like very, like there's this there's this building class in Web three that have migrated over from Web two, and they're very like nerdy and love to talk about like user experience issues and how they can solve them and blah blah blah. Um, but I think that they have like almost their own community that's like less degenerate than than crypto Twitter and. Um, it's interesting to see that the traction that it's gained. And I guess my question to both of you is like, what is the relationship then between Farcaster and base? Uh, I'd also love to talk about frames because everybody's excited about frames and I can give my own story on frames. Uh, A friend of mine, he, he actually, he's building uh, like, he's very involved in the Farcaster community. He's the one that got me onto Warpcast. Um, And he was talking about how he was, he wanted to build this app where the experience was like, you're in communities based on the NFTs you hold. So you can chat with those people like immediately. And then you can basically send them something. And he was describing frames. He was like, I can send you a mint link. And without you having to even like go away from this chat, you can mint, you know, an NFT or you can do a swap or whatever, like all done almost like a telegram bot, basically right in the same interface, which I thought was really cool. And it kind of clicked for me. But then when I went on, Barcaster and actually tried using frames. I like I can't figure it out. I don't know what the I don't have any assets. Maybe I don't have my wallet connected. Um, the concept is cool, but the execution right now, I don't know. Everybody's like really horny about it and hyping it up, but I, I just I don't see it right now. But uh, what what is the connection between base and Farcaster right now? So right now, Farcaster. So okay, so Farcaster is the company that's built the underlying data protocol. They're publishing that data to the Optimism blockchain uh, or base blockchain, I believe, um, Blockspace. And they are essentially like charging platforms to publish data. Like if someone if someone's building. So they've opened up this like underlying data graph where you could have this like infrastructure for building like a social platform on top of. Um, And this creates this like composable layer of like a a social media data um, that anyone could spin up a front end for. Uh, a front end or a front end experience, a UI experience for it, 
And the most common client right now is Warpcast. Um, and so if you wanted to download Warpcast on your phone today, you could. Um, and yeah, right now, I ain't gonna lie. User, the, the user interface is kind of shit. And, um, oh, I wouldn't say it's shit. It, I, Warpcast gives it a real like Twitter feel. It's, it's almost like a Twitter clone. Um, but it is yeah, I, the I, actual I like social part of it is is good. Yeah, I mean it, the I the functionality time, you spoke on, like now. the wallet part, it it is confusing. I was disc- I had I didn't have my wallet connected for like a week, and I didn't even know. I guess I still don't have my wallet connected, and I've been on the yeah. That's for that's months. why you couldn't that's why you couldn't interact on them because uh, as far as I understand, uh, the frames use like the connected wallet. Yeah. yeah. So you got to you figure out how to connect your wallet and then the frames will kind of like get the address and assume like that's where you want to mint the NFT from. Um, and so usually the people are doing now like covering the fees for you somehow or something like that. Um, and there's there's a lot of people playing around with like covering the fees for the mint with like PayPal and things like that as well. Um, it, it's pretty cool. And I could imagine like. I mean, imagine like like we're looking at the fast travel, right? We we have a product called Fast Travel, where we're can, like can you teleporting assets. Fast travel? Can you explain to me fast travel? Because you mentioned sure. that in the group chat, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> sure, sure. I think we talked about a lot in the group chat beyond just fast travel, right? I think we talked about um, like all chain accounts and stuff like that mm-hmm. as well. Um, but fast travel is you want to get into an asset, you want to get into an LP, you want to get into an NFT, you want to get into a, a token, a new ecosystem, whatever. It could be a totally new chain. And um, you want to get into it. Uh, hang on, my internet is, is flicking a little bit. Let me move. Uh, you want to get into this this new NFT, this uh, you know new project, whatever. But right now, it's it's sometimes like a ten step process with like three different wallets and five different assets, and uh, you know it's a mess bridging across multiple bridges, and then you end up with no gas on some chain along the way, and you like maybe pray that your assets get there because you have a transaction you sent and you have no idea where the money went. Right. Um, and so that's just a nightmare for people coming from like Coinbase. Uh, they have to set up MetaMask and, you know, a bunch of maybe other wallets as well. Fast travel. Uh, you can create a deposit address for ETH or USDC or something like that. And that address, when you make the deposit will get you where you want to go. Even if you send the wrong amount or the wrong network, like you send on Arbitrum accidentally, uh, still gets you where you want to go. And the only thing that enables that is this tech that we have that uh, gives users an all-chain account. And they, even though they don't know it, they custody their assets all along the way. So like if you're fast traveling from ETH, let's say, Joseph, you want to come in and you want to get a bad kid, right? Uh, but all you have is, I don't know, a Coinbase account. You can send USDC on base or something like that. And you end up with a bad kid in your own custodied wallet. Uh, that's really easy to access. It just uses passkey. So like your thumbprint or your face ID or whatever. Um, and you actually, unbeknownst to you, you custodied that stuff the whole way. The deposit address you sent to from Coinbase, custodied. If the squid or whatever bridge you have to use to get to bad kids chain, uh, Stargaze, if that fails, then you are still custodying it. So like it, you, the assets are still yours. You know what I mean? Um, all along the way until the final bad kid. And it's the abstraction, account abstraction work that we did to make all chain accounts and like permissioned addresses and stuff. All this crazy abstraction work we did has kind of finally come full circle, like finally come around to this great use case where I'm a 
I'm somebody on Coinbase. I'm on Binance. I have like a simple Ethereum wallet. I want a bad kid. I don't want to deal with two hours of research and probably two drinks and two prayers uh, that my assets get worth where I want them to get. Um, I just need to do two clicks. Interesting. Okay. Um, and so do you envision like a use case where someone could just tap you basically if there, if there's a frame. So one of the use cases that Blockworks has thought of, um, like Blockworks is thinking of these two use cases from our perspective is like, we sell two things. Two things are major things about our, our business is one, like we cover a lot of the news of like recent things that are launching, recent tokens that are uh, icy going or doing airdrops or going live. Um, and then we also do a lot of just like event ticket sales um, per DAS or permissionless. And one of the things that one of our founders is like kind of just like dreaming up of is this ability to buy passes directly from the feed. Um, so if like you see this like video or see this tweet or see something like that's associated with Digital Asset Summit, someone makes a post or something like that. And they're like, "Ooh, I want to go to the Digital Asset Summit. And there's like a discount code that's given right there if you click on that. You could just like immediately check out, get the NFT for the ticket to the event. You could have it there instantaneously. It goes into your wallet, and now all of a sudden you bought the ticket. You didn't have to go to another checkout. You didn't have to get. You didn't have to like sacrifice some of the payment fee to Stripe's cartel uh, infrastructure. And then the other one that I think kind of ties into the fast pass part um, uh, that there's like uh, there's like this vision for like if someone is building um, if someone like airdrops a token or this token just goes live and Blockworks writes this article on this massive token like Dimension for example Dimension's live it's like out on the market and you publish like an article on it and you have that article right there on frames and if you are a person who's connected to frames and you're like ooh i just read this article i like dimension i think dimension is kind of cool and i just want to buy it and there's like a really composable really neat like clickable activity right there directly from the feed to ape into some dimension token is that kind of like where you yeah. see ob fastpass plugging into and making that possible oh 100% i think fast travel um i could tell you went or to fast uh, travel you Sorry. went to amusement parks as a kid or something, right? Yeah. Um, but I, <laughs> we played video games as kids. Interesting. I don't know if you know what those are. Um, <laughs> uh, so fast travel. Um, yeah, you can come in and like that. that is the ultimate idea, right? If it's tied to your pass key, um, which is like an emerging technology, you've probably seen it in a couple places. It's on Coinbase now. Twitter, you can use it. Uh, and if I create a pass key... I have access to it. Apple doesn't, but it's on all my iCloud devices. And there, it's, it's in a standard also being adopted by like Microsoft with Windows Hello um, and by Android as well, right? So uh, I have this passkey that's mine and it works on all my devices. It's kind of backed up, but it's not accessible to anyone else. Um, we, so like leveraging that so that like you come in and you see something in a feed and you don't even have to have a connected wallet in this case. Um, we're still working through how exactly this would work, but imagine you come into Telegram, right? Right now, the way fast travel works is you're like, how the hell do I get bad kids? And somebody says, here's a link, just click it and you get a, You can get a bad kid from Coinbase or something, right? Um, that's how it works right now. But imagine Evan, because I know you're a little bearish on frames here. <laughs> imagine that like the link preview, you know, that's so common actually is like the pass key button or like start now button. And when you click it, you create or use your pass key and then you fast travel right from there. 
like get a deposit address. You don't even have to go to another tab or another website. Uh, right. It's just like in that that open grab that that preview right there. I think that is is really cool stuff. So in this case, now instead of following a, a link, which you might be hesitant to do, or um, you know, getting clicking a button or something, going to some website, you can just interact right there. Your friend posts, oh, just do this, and you click passkey, use your thumbprint or whatever. And now you can, if you go to a wallet or a dashboard later, you can access the same accounts uh, because it's connected to your passkey like that. Uh, and you have just like fast traveled from your Coinbase into any asset on any chain. And it's all accessible to you and you alone, even though you didn't install anything or go to any web page. I, I think that's cool. It's going to take a little while to develop the actual frames part. We're done with the rest of it. Um, but... I don't know. I I really like the idea of frames. It just comes down to execution and like early App Store, like you said, Evan. You were talking about Vision Pro, right? I remember early App Store was all like you know, like a, a silly calculator app, like yeah. Get Rich, my, like my, Get Rich my app. Problem, my problem with Vision Pro isn't the apps on it. No, I know, I know, I know. My problem with Vision Pro is the medium is just not natural for me. And I know, I know. Right. What I was saying is one of your complaints, one of your notes, footnotes to that complaint was maybe the apps are just early and better apps will come out or whatever. Um, it's like the early days of the App Store on iOS or uh, where you had like a lightsaber app and a thousand dollar get rich app or rich app or whatever. Um, but then apps eventually became really useful. Uh, it's the same thing with frames. I think we're just early in development and people are figuring out patterns, figuring out use cases. Um, but I mean, people love to be in a social ecosystem and not have to leave it. Frames is a kind of a failed Facebook project. Um, in that you, you want to stay like a WeChat over in China, right? You, you love to, is it WeChat or, uh, did I get that wrong? You know, it's like all an ecosystem. Yeah. You want to stay in your social media app and be able to do things from there. Facebook Marketplace or whatever. Twitter Spaces, right? We want to do a video chat. Let's do it on Twitter because we're all on Twitter. Um, It's the same thing here. You want to be able to do NFT mints and crypto interactions and stuff. And you don't necessarily want the user to have to create a bunch of tabs and go other places to do those when you can provide them right in the feed. Uh, So it's... I don't know. I think social networks are incentivized to push this, uh, to keep people in on their network page, to push compatibility with it, push development of it. And we're seeing that from Farcaster right now. One, one, one aspect I like about Farcaster. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm lagging. You know, obviously I haven't done any of like the actual crypto interaction with it because I've had it for four months and I haven't even connected my wallet, but I haven't even noticed that. And it's still a useful app for me to use and like, you know, just reading chats and, and I'm basically just lurking. I don't even really post on there. And I think it's interesting. Um, it, it's good that they've focused on that aspect of it. I, I'm just talking about Warpcast in particular, but I think the reason it's successful is because it does have value outside of just like this token focus. And one of the things that I always say about crypto is like, you know, before everything was tokenized and, and users were incentivized to like do whatever. Um, apps were useful. Like, remember when Uber came out, I was like, oh my God, I can just get someone to come and pick me up and take me wherever I need to go. This is awesome. And even though I wasn't incentivized for it, I could have even been paying a premium 
Uh, although, you know, nowadays it's, it, you're paying, you are paying a premium, but back then it was really cheap. Um, and I like went and told everyone about it. Cause I was like, this is an amazing app. Like you can just, you don't need it. Cause in Pittsburgh, I mean, there's not even like a taxi thing. We're like third world over here in that aspect. And so a- apps were so useful to me that I would go and share them. And then once web three came out, it was like an app could be like a broken piece of shit, but I own 5,000 tokens that are, you know, in the name of the app. So I'm like, Hey, get, you know, whatever, get fucking hot dog, not hot dog. And it's going to be great. But like, it's just, it's just bullshit incentivization, right? It's not a good app. Um, I think back to not, not to, not to fire too many stray bullets here, but I think back to, uh, do you remember the platform minds M I N D S? It was like an early Web three social thing. It might still be around. Oh yeah, I do. I mean, there were there were a couple back there. I, I liked Peepeth, um, but there were what a was few. That, what, was the, what was that? Uh, voice. They paid thirty million dollars for the domain Voice.com, and now I'm going to go. They hired the like old CEO of Forbes or something to go and be the CEO of voice. And now I'm just heading to voice.com. Cause there was one even before up. voice before EOS that Dan Larimer had built. It was oh, oh, steam, yeah. steam, steam, steam it. Yeah. Steam, yeah. But mines actually, uh, in a previous role, I interviewed the owner, the founder of mines. And then a week later he was on Joe Rogan. So just in case you think, you know, if you're one of the three listeners on spaces or YouTube right now, you're ahead of the curve of what's actually happening in the mainstream. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think you know the 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 thing that's interesting about Warpcast is there is a product focus and there's value outside of just incentivizing users, right? I'm not just on Warpcast to like farm an airdrop or whatever. Um, what's what's up with Voice, the Voice domain, Pete? I went there and it says login, and I used my Voice credentials from like I don't know six years ago, uh, whatever it was, four years ago, and they didn't work, and there's no register. Uh, so I do know that it, I do know that like for a while it suddenly, it became like an OnlyFans kind of thing. <laughs> um, and I don't know where it is now, but anyway, yeah, that's voice. And it's gone. Kind of like, you know, you know Steven was pretty Rustopian to check out Pete's OnlyFans. <laughs> I steam it is, uh, still going and uh, steam it was fun back in the day. Um, it was really like I was into Steemit before I knew about. I mean, I knew about Bitcoin, I knew about Litecoin, um, things like that. But before I moved into crypto, I was into Steemit, and that was a lot of people's into crypto. Uh, you could go and make posts, and then basically whales would would vote for your posts, and you would earn Steam dollars and so on. Um, and I'm definitely not chilling this because it's it split since there's now like Steam and Hive and so on. Um, but yeah, it was an early crypto social media thing that's still still chugging along. Um, anyway, I have big hopes for Warpcast, but it's really hard to get into the social media game, as we've seen from Voice, as we've seen from like Vero, which had all the influencer power um, and had a sleek interface and just fell flat on its face after a couple of weeks of hype. You know, uh, it's a really hard game to get into. Friend tech. You look at friend tech now. I don't even know if people are still using it. But the thing, the difference between, in my opinion, warp and friend tech is friend tech from the beginning was gamified to be like, hey, buy my friend tech share or whatever. And it, it was an incentive model. So it's kind of like a game of musical chairs. Whereas Warpcast, 
the, you know, the hard part is you're not incentivizing people. So you don't get this flood of people through the door right away, but you you're playing the long game where now you can cultivate actual good content that people are writing on your platform. And I think it does have an edge, like I mentioned earlier, where it's not like crypto Twitter. I mean, and I, I still love Twitter. I think Twitter's great for a lot of things. Uh, I mean, we're on it right now doing spaces, but the, it seems like a little bit more um, high, I don't want to say highbrow because maybe that's a negative, but like, it, it just seems like there's more, I don't know. It's more palatable, palatable content sometimes. Sometimes on Twitter, yeah. I'm just like scrolling and I'm getting like memes and like what I get these fucking videos that in my timeline, like w- w- daily loud or something. I've had to block this account 15 times because it's showing me like celebrity breakups and I don't even know who these people are. I'm like, why is this on my for you feed? This isn't for me. I don't, ca- I don't even know who these people are. Why do I care? And then all of a sudden a week later, I'm like, falls deep into this drama of these e-celebs and I'm like, why am I wasting my time doing this? So, <laughs> sorry, Joseph, I think I cut you off earlier. You are about to say something. No, my internet, Warpcast, was, my internet was lagging. So, I, the I think... Warpcast, uh, the Warpcast site is having some kind of issue. I'm going to log in with mobile and it keeps redirecting me to like random Swappa ads. Oh, that's... Uh, I'm going to reach I'm gonna reach out to them afterwards. Yeah, that is not good. I So, I think... Uh, I think the reason, yeah, I think you're right, Evan, that there is some parallels between like friend tech and this, but um, just in terms of like the early adoption, because I do think that there's just like an inherent like crypto native feel of like, I want to be early to things. Everyone, everyone in crypto, if you're, especially if you're a DJ and you're just trying to be early to shit so you can go dump on someone. Um, and so that's like, so that's so like intrinsically tied to, to the crypto native. And I do think that there's an element of people just going to Farcaster, trying to be early to the new thing, trying to figure out how they can make money. Like that lizard side of the brain just like activates and they're like, all right, I'm early to this thing. How do I make money from it? Um, but I think that the reason why I have a good feeling about Farcaster staying power is because while they are kind of tapping into that lizard side of the brain of a crypto native they are building primitives that are useful to the underlying businesses something that like an x platform and basically like corporate entities like these corporate social media networks something that they don't do is incentivizing people to build composable and embedded experiences within the app because um, right now, if you or if you're like a media company and you post a link to something on on X, the algorithm like quite literally like pushes it and suppresses it and punishes you uh, for like dropping a link that takes you out of the graph of the platform. But with frames, you don't have that concern because you're enabling and you're allowing those individuals to like those businesses to embed their experiences right there within the app. So no longer do you have to worry about it from like that business side of like, if I want to distribute like my message to a vast audience, um, you're, if you drop a link to something or you embed the experience to that thing, you're not going to get suppressed by the algorithm. It's not like a hostile thing to do so. Um, so I think that that like with them acknowledging that use case for end businesses um, I think that they're going to get a lot more adoption and they're going to get a lot more attention than something like FriendTech because FriendTech, their only goal was to try to get crypto natives on there speculating and aping assets. And we all know that like crypto attention has like the, like especially natives, they just have the attention of a goldfish. They're going on, they're very transient. They go on to the next use case. Um, 
that's how I think that like Barcaster is like trying to go for a long-term narrative because they they're trying to find useful usefulness to the actual businesses that consistently get attention to crypto natives. Like they they want to build a platform that generates like consistent gen- uh, att- attention span grab for users. And I think they realize and acknowledge that the way to do that is to onboard businesses at the highest rate. I will say just from an end user perspective, one of the things that I recognized that was cool actually just yesterday on Coinbase, because uh, I don't use Coinbase all that much, but whenever you send ETH into Coinbase, um, they don't like label what chain it's on. It's just ETH. And I don't know if you send in ETH because we sent in some ETH from Arbitrum and it just said ETH in my account. At first I was confused and I was like, wait a minute, is this, is this vanilla ETH or is this Arbitrum ETH? Um, and so where am I going with this? Um, so I think that could be like the first step to getting people to like use base where like maybe when you go to start to use base, you know, whatever web three tools, um, it'll just be like, Hey, send ETH here and the gas will be naturally lower. And the user won't even necessarily know they're using base, but it will be like almost a frame on Coinbase, uh, even though it might not necessarily be the same tech. Uh, or it could go the other way where you've got Farcaster and the user wants to interact with a centralized exchange, i.e. Coinbase, and basically their their Coinbase is set up inside, you know, Farcaster or whatever um, warp. So I think, I don't know, it'll be interesting. I think things, people come up with these ideas and they think things are going to happen like overnight. And it's it's so, it's such a gradual change to go from like the awesome experience we have with web two and the awesome experience that all you freaks out there have with your Google or your Apple vision pro, um, you know, web three is still so far behind that on UX where we're still trying to figure out like how to do a, a send or how to buy an NFT. And sometimes like the steps along the way are like band-aid fixes and they catch on and then that becomes the new standard. And then all of a sudden there's another band-aid fix and we still haven't had like that aha moment with with web3 ux uh at least like on the on the non-custodial side i think um i think the non-custodial or the custodial stuff like centralized exchanges works pretty well um and you know pete you've mentioned in a couple calls recently that like some people think that that's that's just the way it's going to be like it'll always just be centralized and so it's it's good to see coinbase who has really cornered like the us market in that respect is going out of their way to like build actual non-custodial stuff. And I think that gives me like a, a monicum of trust that at least their thesis and their vision is still like that core sort of like self-custodied assets. So I appreciate it. I'm cheering for them. Go Mochi. Mochi to the moon, actually, is what I say. I think Mochi's going to do a <laughs> 1 million X. You heard it here. So go buy some. Uh, not, is that financial advice? It could be. We're not sure. <laughs> the cat is cute man the cat is cute um i can't believe i like i don't know coinbase seems under regulatory fire but i still can't believe the especially tweet i can't believe it I, under no framework does that make sense to me was it an intern uh was it was it coinbase was it brian who said yeah the cat's cute fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna say you know we're gonna promote cute cats I mean, personally, I think that if you're in crypto and you're not buying meme coins, you're going to just underperform. 
<laughs> I, I, I think that legitimately at this point, um, yeah, I do agree that like the narrative and the reason to buy meme coins is very left curve. It's just like, it just, it's just like, oh, I think this cat's cute or I like this hat. Um, but the, you just can't deny the returns from these damn coins. Uh, and it's just, <laughs> well, you it's, can, you can if you bought the top. Yeah, I mean, if you buy the top of the thing is, it's like, I think it's just there's a huge margin for people to like, if you're hanging around in discords or crypto Twitter, and you're like in the right, like, if you're in the right, like alpha discord groups or something like that, it's just hard to not see where these coins are being launched and see like that organic activity. Um, I mean, like, with when I bought with, I literally found I found that coin at like a $3 million market cap. And I just kept an eye on it. I saw that. I saw people talking about it. I saw people shilling it. Um, and I just kept paying attention to what people were saying about it. And if you see that organic activity happening, you can check to see if the liquidity is locked. You can check to see um, the holders, like are the wallets themselves on the chain? Like, do they have a history of just selling shit coins and rugging you? Like all this shit's public. You can see these coins very early from the block explorers. You can see like who the holders are just by looking at the block explorer. You can see what their activity is. You can see if like the a contract is announced. There's a lot of Telegram bots that you can just drop the token ID into, and it'll auto check the liquidity. It'll auto check like if it's like a honeypot. Like there's just so many tools out there that if you're on crypto crypto Twitter all day and you're just like responding to posts and everything, it's just like. I mean, honestly, I just think that like if you're paying attention regardless like that intimately to the market, I just think that if you're there's always there's obviously a part for the portfolio that should be dedicated to like long term investments. I do view like meme coins as like a trade mentality. You have to have that trader mentality. Um, And so it's just it's just I just think that if you're legitimately trying to make money in the space, you have to be buying meme coins. Like it's just it's just it's a it's like a mental shift that I think is how how true the bell curve rings pun intended like the yeah people get into crypto because of memes like dogecoin or or whatever the what was the other big one that finance pumped um and then and then like you start to get into like serious projects quote unquote where you're like oh well actually like meme coins are just childish and like yeah whatever maybe i'll hold a small bag but what i'm really into is like this problem that's going to solve like traffic congestion in Africa and and like you buy into the token and you're talking about the tech and, but really that's just a meme as well. And you're totally yep. mid curve and like, that's where you lose all your money. And then, and then you graduate back into memes where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm just actually going to get into memes. Cause like number go up is really all that fucking matters. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like the other day I was explaining this to my friends, like, like the normie friends that I have and they're just, they think I'm like psychotic for the amount of whiff that I'm holding. Um, they just <laughs> they they genuinely don't understand how I can stomach that much volatility. Um, but it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like if that token goes down fifty percent. Like the following day, I can tell someone still has a hat. Like it's it's just like it's just the defensibility of the joke, the the defensibility and the ease the ease of understanding of it, bro. It's just like I'm uh, good luck trying to go trying to explain to someone like how data availability is made possible by um what, what what's that called a rasher encoding like if like i'm gonna go explain that to my normie friend who's worried about like how to pay their fucking like light bill they're trying to like help their parents move and shit like i'm gonna go try to explain to them how in rasher encoding has enabled unlimited blob space for 
the mempool of like blockchains. And this is going to revolutionize how data is surfaced to block proposers and block relayers. Which at the end of the day, all that data is doing is just tracking the price of shitty meme coins. Exactly. (laughs) It's just, it's just, to me, it's just like, I'm going to go explain to like these normie people, the investment thesis for modular money. And then it's like, what the fuck does that mean? No, I'm just going to go tell you about this hat. This like really funny hat that like you can buy on the internet. There's a meme culture that originates from a Twitch streamer who had this dog this very cute dog and they put a hat on that dog and they took a picture of it. And that was their PFP for their Twitch streaming community. Um, and then like meme goes dead and then someone decides to launch a meme coin on it on Solana. And then all of a sudden meme comes back. And now this like very viral, like capability of stitching this hat onto like logos goes everywhere. I'm sorry, but that's me betting on internet culture. That's me betting and trade and trading that internet culture is going to keep the pervasiveness of this like social phenomenon going. Um, and the, people think it's funny and I'm going to trade on that. So that's my thesis on meme coins. I just think that it's just, I, I think it's just like, if you have an understanding of how pervasive memes are and just like are in tune with internet culture, you, you have an edge in, in the meme coin game um mochi i think is hilarious i love the fact that mochi is like the cat of like coinbase's owner i think that's funny um i think uh, two years from now or like a year from now it like i i could easily see mochi being like a several hundred million dollar coin it's just a matter of picking the fastest horse <laughs> did you put the hat on the bolt or do you know who put the hat on the bolt? uh yeah actually i'm in the i'm in the chat bro that's a, that's the crazy thing is that there's this chat called with dgens um, and it's like only the like the people who are super early to the coin, like they literally they check your Twitter feed to see if you were tweeting about the coin sub a certain like market cap, uh, or else you'll get kicked out from the chat. And so I have like one of my earliest tweets about about with coin on my profile. Uh, it's pinned, and I, I I joined the group chat, and I've been in this group chat for like um, like a month and a half now, two months. And in this group chat, the person who like commissioned the 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 actual knitting of the hat. That person is was in this group chat and they were sharing pictures of the progress from weeks prior. And I saw like this person just progressively showing pictures of this monster uh, with hat and no one knew like what they were going to do. But that morning they (laughs) sent in the group chat, they sent in the group chat. Hey, guys, um, I'm about to take an Uber to the bull on Wall Street. Uh, If you want to contribute to my Uber costs, it's about it's about eighty dollars to get there. If you want to contribute to my Uber, here's my Solana address or here's my Venmo. And that was it. Like they, and they also took a picture of them standing with the giant hat. And like everyone was like, so a lot of people started pitching in. People sent in, like sent a couple $10, $20 here and there. Um, and yeah, an hour from that picture shared in the group chat. That person was on Wall Street putting the hat on the bull. Um, crazy. Pussy crazy hat from the 2016 uh, pussy rally. The joke too. Um, I don't know, honestly. The like the hat or the like the underlying hat meme. Is it is it any hat or it's like that specific hat? That specific hat, like so, it's just like that specific colored hat and what that hat looks like. I think that hat was just sold somewhere. Maybe the underlying hat has like another underlying joke. I didn't think of that. It's it's not the pussy hat. The pussy hat's similar. I know what you mean. Oh, pussy hat's more like more pillow like like squarish. Yeah. Interesting. In 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 the past, I, I know that the originations of the dog with the hat on is from a Twitch streamer. Uh, it's like a gaming Twitch streamer who had like you know, several several hundred thousand followers on Twitch. Um, and I think it's a she, maybe I don't know. 
but whoever they are, they they were a Twitch streamer. They had several hundred thousand followers, gamer, and they just loved the they loved the meme. So it became a pervasive meme within that Twitch streaming community. Um, and that person had no idea that they had created a coin over this thing. I think it's brilliant. I think it's I think yeah, it's the that, internet at play. Didn't that person then go and like launch with on Ethereum or something? Yeah, yeah. You know Ethereum's a cuck chain when they're copying Solana meme coins. That's all I'm saying. Oh my god. You're that's right. all I'm saying. You're so right. <laughs> that's I all don't I'm know, saying. I don't know about Ethereum being a cuck chain, but that's a cuck move. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. How has the cool the cool kid chain becomes the cuck chain, and that's just going to keep repeating? You know, yeah. generational generational movements are like you know the boomers are the hot up and coming generation, and then suddenly they're the boomers. Uh, yeah. And here, that just happens over a matter of days. <laughs> exactly. I do think I do think people are gonna. I think eventually people are gonna realize that like. The Solanas of the world, the performant chains of the world, the say, sui, 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 say, shui, shui, shui. Like, I'm, ne- next week, we might have a chain called shui. Like, uh, regardless, like all these fucking chains that are performant, I, I think that the people are going to realize that while Ethereum was kind of the first smart programmable blockchain that like hit the market, the use case and the business opportunity, the business goals between a Solana and a, a, an Ethereum are very different. And I think that a lot of people get caught up in the commonalities of those chains because when Ethereum hit market, it was the first like major platform to have programmable money and programmable like logic baked into the blockchain itself. Um, and I think that that unlocked like really new behaviors to occur. And those new behaviors included NFTs and included meme coinery and included speculation and included financial applications like banking infrastructure. But I think that the now new performing chains are finding a different type of like use case that makes it beneficial to have those cheap fees, to have those like faster response block times. Um, and I think that the ideals are just inherently different. And I think that while there are very similar patterns with how the ecosystem started with Ethereum, I just think that uh, slowly over time, that vision for Ethereum is just going to look very different than the vision for a Solana. And while they aren't necessarily like, direct like friends i just don't see this like huge narrative of like them being competitors i think that they're just very i think they're just both blockchains who are trying to create very very specific market niches um and there's just inherent commonalities because we're so early to blockchain are you sort of bare on base for that then because like i mean one of the big or bare on roll-ups i guess is is probably what i should say yeah one of the big advantages of, of something like base is that its fees are just so low um and i know there's trade-offs there um but i'm hearing from you oh i just got a ping from the anchor the the like linchpin of our show evan that he does have to run um we are uh, ending the stream (laughs) we're ending the stream so next show we can talk about roll-ups v solana and roll-ups v everything um cool all right thanks everybody uh subscribe to us on youtube thirsty sirs day um thirsty sirs day which is every thursday bring a drink we'll see you next week
Peace out. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality, stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape them under the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments, red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo fam, what? Check these token knocks, they probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting knotters, and then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic, it's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top, we like to measure their velocity, before they hit rock bottom over impossible loss It's all moss and I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning forming mycological bonds Click the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and blunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage like the shit is play for keeps Clowns white knighting all these Maybellines They call it implausible when model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and blunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Thank you.